Welcome to Necessary Realness with Katie. I'm your host, Katie Zimba. In a world where nothing seems to be real, pictures are photoshopped, interviews and stories are edited, I wanted to bring the realness to real topics and issues. Listening may help you realize you're not alone in this thing called life. Thanks for joining us today. I have one of my very best friends, Brianna Mead, here today. Brianna Mead, how are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to be your, um, the one that pops your cherry today. Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) You know I love it. Saving it for you. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey now. No need to be rude. Um, So today I wanted to touch a little bit on your experience with breast cancer. Okay. Um, So you were diagnosed with breast cancer when, how old were you? 33. 33, okay. So can you just tell us a little bit about your experience, your personal experience, and kind of how did that all start? Like, when did you find out? Sure. Well, um, so... I mean, it, it, it's always been like a part of my life because of my mom. And then... So your mom had breast cancer. Yes, correct. So my mom had breast cancer pretty much my entire like teenage life to till I was 30. So how old was she when she was first diagnosed? You know um, that? Late 40s. Okay. It was... I mean, I can start there because it's kind of... A, it's... It just... Yeah, let's uh, start there. It, you know, it led me to where I am today. So she was diagnosed when I was young in her late 40s, and this was a long time ago. Yeah. So they didn't do a whole lot of double mastectomies back then. It was um, it was lumpectomy kind of. Thing yeah, it was it was it was just not as common, and they didn't know about this gene, the BRCA gene yet, which we'll get into. Yeah, would love to hear um, more about that. Yeah. So she caught it early and um, had a lumpectomy and radiation. And then years later, a new cancer formed in the other breast because that's what happens when you're BRCA positive. It's relentless. Um, your boobs are going to turn on you. If not one, the other one will. They're just like if a breeding ground for this yeah. disgusting cell. Yeah, exactly. So they didn't know, you know, that she was BRCA positive. So um, by the time she was diagnosed with her second breast cancer, the first breast cancer never returned. It was a different cancer that formed in the other breast. Okay. So completely different yeah. amount, like, gene, what do you call it, gene or uh, no, type? Same, same type, but the gene just, it, it it's just relentless, whether it's going to come back in one or the other, which is why now if you're BRCA positive, they take, they really, really push for you to get a double mastectomy mm-hmm. so that you don't have that chance it seems, again. It, it, to me, it makes sense. Yeah, but they didn't know that then. Right. And she didn't know that. And so by the time she was diagnosed the second time, um, it was already stage four. And she fought it for 15 years, like, Mm -hmm. with such dignity and grace. And um, I just just can't even believe that everything she went through while raising two children and all that stuff. So anyway, I always had it in the back of my head, even though, you know, when I found out I did have the gene, um, it was still new. It was – I actually went and got tested the day Angelina – I was actually got my results back the day that Angelina Jolie like spoke out about it. Got it. And it, and then everyone was like, "Oh, you're that's the gene you're looking at." I was like, "Yeah." So that was like what how many years ago was this that? This was 6 years ago. Okay. So so you I, knew you had this gene. I didn't know and when I didn't know until I got the results. And my son was 6 months old and I was like, "You know what? I'm 
33 if I do have this gene before I go ahead and have another child. I want to know so I can have my breasts removed prophylactically, mm-hmm. preventatively, um, and go on with my life. Not that it's anything easy or to be not thought about, but for me, it was a very steadfast decision that if I had this gene, this is what I'm going to do. Because your mom had passed away at this point. So So you were more like, I need to know if this is in my genetic makeup, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a a devastating loss, even though she just never let on how sick she was. I mean, I remember her, you never knew she was sick. No. I mean, she was just, she handled it so well and gracefully. Not, yeah. Such a great lady. I mean, never stopped her. No, never, never. So I decided to go get tested, even though I had countless people and physicians telling me that I did not fit the specific profile of someone that would carry the BRCA gene. And why was that? So because only my mother had breast cancer, no one else in my family had that we had known of. Mm -hmm. It's usually a very prevalent gene. It's usually like your aunt's got it, your grandma's got it, your mom had it. It was silently carried through the men in my family. Which is why I'm a huge proponent in people. I mean, I could talk about this. I'll talk about this for hours, actually. Um, (laughs) Please, go ahead. You need to understand that you're 50% your father. You're not just your mother. Sure. If if your father, you know, had prostate cancer or other issues or nothing at all, because sometimes it doesn't um, show up in men, you still need to understand that you're 50% your father. So just because your mother's side doesn't have anything, maybe your father's side does. Interesting. And also, if your brother or your sister go and get tested for this gene and they're negative, doesn't mean mean you're negative. Right. You're not DNA identical to your sibling. Right. We'd all be twins. Exactly. Not even even twins are DNA different. We'd be incestual discussing genes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I was, oh, my, you know, my brother's fine. Well, my brother's bracket two negative. Guess who's positive? Me. So, you know, you have to just understand that it's just good for you yourself yeah, just to because get the, the test. So just yourself. because the women in your family don't have breast cancer or a history of anything, you still have to be, even if, maybe yeah. if the women on your dad's side don't have it either. You never know. Sometimes it, you know, it could, it, yes. It's 2019. We have this at our fingertips now. Back in six years ago, I had to um, go to a geneticist. It wasn't like something I could mail in. And now it's so easy. Yeah, it's a lot can, easier. You can go to Bright Pink and they have a whole... Um, section on how, where you can get tested. Okay, great. Yeah, stuff. I want to talk touch a little bit more on bright pink later on yeah. here. So if you are male and you have this BRCA positive, yeah. um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get cancer Absolutely though, either. No. Right? Okay. So I, I think because I came from such a warrior standpoint of having my mom pass away eight months before my wedding, um, I was trying to be very vigilant with my health and Again, people said that I I didn't fit the profile, which a lot of it, you know, sometimes if you're Ashkenazi Jewish background, Mm -hmm. um, it can be more prevalent, which I'm not. But it's a melting pot, you know. It it everyone is crossbreeded in a great way, and you don't know where your genetics lie or come from. So I thought it was kind of foolish. Now I think they're like test everyone, but back when I was doing it. It was like um, a- I, I actually, yeah, he was like, I don't think you're going to have it, but this is great, the geneticist. And then six weeks later, he's like, oh, oopsie. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. He's like, you're actually BRCA2 positive. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so you are so you got this news. You're 
son, Declan, is eight months old. He was six months old. Six months old. Six months old at the time. And so what I learned was that if if you are BRCA positive, one and two, there's two different forms. There's BRCA1 and there's BRCA2. I'm BRCA2. They're both – so you ask – do you have a chance of not getting cancer if you're if you're BRCA positive? Yes, you have a chance, but you have an 87% chance, lifetime risk of getting breast cancer. 87%. If you're, wow. If you are BRCA1. BRCA1. Or two. Oh. Both. Interesting. So a lifetime risk, um, you know. That's a and, huge percentage. Right. That's why. I mean, it's that's it's, not like. It's like, it, right. We're high in the double digits. Oh, yeah. It's like you're. I, I, you're going to get it. Yeah. It's just a matter sure. of when. And um, and then for BRCA1, you have um, around a 50, 50 something percent chance of getting ovarian cancer in your lifetime. Whereas, as well as breast or ju- yes. th- those two diseases, cancers kind of go hand in hand, correct? Mm, they're, they, well, just with this gene, um, but not necessarily. Got it. Um, but, you know, it's always good to. Um, Keep an eye on both. And ask your doctor about yeah, that. Yeah, and I could get into um, later about how you should be checking for ovarian cancer because um, it's usually not caught until later stages, which makes it harder to treat. Um, they just don't have a specific guideline for women, which I think you need to be proactive and ask for um, mm-hmm. this guideline. Um, anyway, so – and then for BRCA2, you have about a 20 – in the 20% range, 20 Still to 20. High. Of getting ovarian cancer sometime in your lifetime. Oh, wow. Okay. So they suggest for BRCA1 that you have your ovaries removed, you know, around 35. Definitely try before 40, um, which is, you know, something that women who have that gene really need to think about and plan for. Whereas BRCA2, you can wait until 45 being closely monitored. They're not just like, see you at 45 or see you at 40 or see you at 35. You're 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 going in every six months for um, a CA-125 and um, an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound of your ovaries to make sure that, you know, they're, in, they're okay. And just to clarify, how old are you now? 39. Okay. So, guys, this she's under 40. Oh, yeah. This is oh, all happening yeah. way oh. before doctors and a lot of guidelines out there say Absolutely. getting tested, things like that. Yeah. So that's I mean, pretty scary. It, cancer happens before 40, uh, you know, I, all the time, unfortunately. Right. Um, more so if you have a genetic predisposition for right. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just... Uh, so kind of a red flag. When you get this news that you have the gene, what yeah. is like? What do you feel? Like, I was are like, you... okay, like you know what? I'm going to my doctor tomorrow. So I had felt a small lump in my right breast for maybe like a couple weeks, and I was breastfeeding and completely attributed it to a clogged milk duct. And if I'm telling you right now, if I didn't get my genetic testing to show that I was BRCA2 positive, it would have you know, might have been completely brushed off as a clogged milk duct. I had an amazing OBGYN and um, she was like, "Mm, no, we're going to get that checked out. So um, I literally went the next day and within eight days of um, my diagnosis, I was having a prevent, I was having a radical double mastectomy. So in that trajectory of time, which was a very small time, I had found out, like on a Monday, that I had the gene. On a Tuesday, I <laughs> went in. Had- 
I went in and, you know, she was like, no, this lump needs to be looked at. It's really small and whatever, but, you know, let's just better be safe than sorry to going into getting an ultrasound the next day to having the ultrasound, you know, tell me that, you know, we're not sure, but let's get a biopsy because you're BRCA2 positive. Okay. So that was like one of the main, do you think your OB would have pushed for that if you weren't BRCA positive? Um, she was awesome, so I think she would have, but, um, not every doctor, no. Right. Mm -mm. So you really have to be aware of it. Big time. Um, and push for that. Even if you're not, if, even if you haven't gotten the testing, I think it's important to, you know, really be your own advocate and know about everything. Absolutely. You know. If you have a lump in your breast that is not going away in two weeks, you need to get it really checked out. Okay. That good. That's good to know. That's just the bottom line, or any sort of change in your breast. If it's dimpling, or your nipple looks weird, or it's hardening, or it's hot and itchy for a long time, um, those are you know you got sure, sure, you know two weeks. Signs, two weeks yeah. is usually the if something is wrong. Usually your body can eradicate it within two weeks. So okay. after that, I you should go to the to yes. your, to and your if doctor. you don't get the right answer that you want, go then you go see someone else. Okay. Because it's your body. It, and you should, right, yeah, it's you your know? health. Um, yeah. You should always push for, you know, the tests because the doctor can't see what's inside your body. Right. So you should always, you know, just right. better be safe than sorry. Absolutely. And then, so then um, I got the biopsy results and I did have um, invasive carcinoma in my right breast, my left breast, you know, did had nothing. Um, so I had eight days later, I had a, a radical double mastectomy. Um, and I, yeah, I breastfed my son in the morning and had no boobs later that day. Wow. Wow. It was, it was eight days later. It was, it was, um, I can only, I I could only like explain it as like, I was just on a war path of getting it removed. Um, you just wanted it gone. So at this point, like you didn't know what stage it was. No, no, I knew I had stage two. I knew. So they, they knew just from the biopsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I, I had uh, a positive lymph node. So they biopsied my lymph node. Wow. So it had already metastasized. It had spread to the, to the first lymph node. Yeah. So it hadn't spread beyond. So when it goes to the lymph node, that's like where it starts to spread. Correct? It can. Yeah. Okay. Or sometimes it, yeah, it, it goes in. Who knows? I mean, it, or whatever. It but has, yeah, it has it, no, if you don't it has want no you don't, rhyme I, or reason, I, right? no. But I, I pretty, I caught it at the last, at the last stage possible to treat. Wow. Yeah. No. So, it, it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't a joke. It no. Was, yeah. It was, it was gonna get me. And just to touch on this, I know this is unpleasant, but like, what was it like getting that phone call? Um, it was. I mean, you've got your son's six months old. Was, yeah. Well, yeah. He just turned seven months old. It was. Uh, I, Donovan, your husband, yeah, is there, he, so. he he just pretty much had to like pick me up off my feet um, yeah. and and take charge of this situation, um, and we were just really focused on the surgery aspect and getting in treatment right away. Um, that was like something we could focus on when you st- when you're diagnosed with breast cancer or any cancer, you, you just kind of turn into like a warrior and you're like in survivor mode. Sure. Um, and you just kind of go 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 go, and you try and you try and get it. Wow! Yeah, and, I mean and everything those eight else. Days. I mean, you were you were. I mean, it's no joke. Yeah, like, I think I lost like twenty pounds in eight days with stress. And, and if it was you crazy, so what other? If you didn't do the double mastectomy, what would you? And you also did 
Oh, yeah, that was just the beginning. So you did the double mastectomy, <laughs> chemo, yes. radiation. Yeah, I did it all. So I did and- everything. I did I did a very aggressive I did one of the most aggressive forms of chemo that you can have. They gave you something called the red devil. All Ooh. my cancer survivors out there know what I'm talking about. Or my and my um nurse is the best. Um my infusionist, she would like come in in like a hazmat outfit and oh, be like God. It's totally safe. <laughs> she's like, like, just mixing up your like, potion. I, she's like zipping it up. She's like, oh, I got to go under here for a second. And, and then, then they're they, injecting the into stuff my into my blood. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Whatever. I, I That's what intense. I have to do. Yeah, you have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, that uh, chemo was, um, was a bitch. Um, but, but more mentally, honestly, it's, it affects everyone differently. But for me, I, I kept working out. I ate right. Um, oh, you were like, uh, yeah. you were, I just, I was so focused. Thanks. I was just so focused on doing, um, keeping my body as healthy as I could while going through, I believe in like Eastern Western together. Um, I believe that you need to sometimes pull out the big guns and mm-hmm. get, 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 the, get the big medicine in there. Get the red devil. Uh-huh. And like, you know, I did um, acupuncture and I worked out and all that stuff, but I was really just focused on, you know, I, I was a first time mom. Right. You know, and it's like Yeah, you're thirty three years old. I had first time mom. Yeah. And this and without mom. a mom. And I without was dealing a mom. with this and um God, it's really shaped who I am. But um yeah, it, it was a it was I don't even know. It was a rough time in my life. So how <laughs> to long put it mildly? Yeah, right, exactly. And then I had radiation twenty eight times after. Wow. Yeah, every day. You have to go every day, except on the weekends. Um Wow, and I handled that really well too, um, just because I I have darker skin, so the melanin kind of helped me like really get a good burn. They said, yeah, <laughs> but, I I um, was witness to that burn. The burn. That was no effing yeah, joke. I, I still have a square um, patch around my breast and my side here that will always be tanned. Um, but you know, the bottom line is, I could have brushed off this lump as a clogged milk duck. I could have listened to people saying that eh, your mom had it. Yes. I mean, you obviously, if your mom has it, you still have a 40% higher chance of getting breast cancer. Just if your mom doesn't have a gene, you still have to be just because your mom doesn't have the gene and she still had breast cancer. You still need to be very vigilant. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I just thought, you know, like it wasn't going to happen at 33. So, you know, I just decided, all I'm saying is that women out there, I had just had a baby, and you're young. I, I was young, and super healthy, always been healthy, always, always. I mean, like growing been organic, up, you were haven't eaten meat before, like since I was twelve. Like, I and because your mom was was sick, so she, I mean, she your was just, house was the worst house to go to after school because <laughs> you hated my house. <laughs> I was like, can you're I like, get us and pita? What is this? No, you gave us like apple chips. I did, I which did. I love now. But back then, I was like, um, I need some nachos or. And we never used butter. It was like, oh, she was like raised very Italian, so it was very Mediterranean. So diet. even if you are are treating your body this way, if you have uh, this gene, no, it doesn't. I could have lived like in a hyperbaric chamber and like slathered myself in blueberries every day, and I was gonna get breast cancer. <laughs> right. Like, I mean. And I believe in all that stuff too, but like, sure, it's always you can't, good to be healthy. I'm never going to wake up with eyebrow eyes. I'm never going to wake up with blue eyes. Why? Because it's not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. My DNA mutates. My genes mutate 
to cancer in right. my breasts and in my ovaries that I gotten removed. Um, I didn't have ovarian cancer. Yeah, let's I, touch on that too in a bit. Okay, but um, anyway, you can't change what God gave you. No, what your personal you, you, makeup of course is. you can live a healthy lifestyle and do all those amazing things that will help you live a great long life. But you know, you also have to be aware that shit can happen even totally. if you're super healthy. Yeah. It's a bitch. Um, yeah. So that was that was and then before I and before I did chemo, which we can talk about at another time, I did IVF with my husband because we wanted to have another child. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for me to get that message out there to women who um are in their childbearing years that have to go through chemo to understand that it can really mess up your fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, can you have if you have chemo? Can you have kids? Is it possible or mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, you just have to. I, what what I did was, um, I did took out like an insurance policy on my fertility, and I saved embryos. Sure. Um, before I did chemo, just in case I went into premenopause, at you know, and and it you know can fuck up your your. Your fertility, it just right. can. Um, so if you, but no, but I know people that have a hundred percent chemo and then had their own baby. Absolutely, okay. So yeah. that is something. had had not had to, to use. not had to use their IVF. Okay, um, embryos. Okay, that naturally got pregnant. But it is a smart thing to do. To absolutely, because you don't know how how your body is going to react. Right. And if, say you get cancer at thirty eight. 39, you know, your your fertility goes down goes down anyway, so you might as well, you know. So you have to you have to just be aware of that aspect of it. Right. Um, like think and that's and, all- and demand that it happens before chemo because uh you just if that's something that's important to you, you want to make sure that that you, at least you have that um safety net, you know. For sure. That's definitely something that we can expand on at another time because yeah. that's yeah, very important. So when you got diagnosed and was a, was a double mastectomy the only option for you or was – I mean, I remember sitting down in – I love my um, breast surgeon. I remember she took out this big book, big book and she was like, so do you want your options? And I was like, no, I already know what I want to do. And she literally slammed the book shut. She's like, oh, thank God I love you. <laughs> She's like, because I was didn't want to have to like talk you into anything. She's like, oh, awesome. You know what you need to do, right? I'm like, yeah, a double mastectomy. Got and it. she's like, okay, great, perfect. So obviously, if you have um, I mean, I I come from a a school of being very aggressive about this kind of thing, but if you're if you're BRCA positive or any of the other genes that are correlated to breast cancer, they do recommend that. Okay. If it's a first-time case and you don't have any sort of gene, because it's not just BRCA, there's other genes that are correlated to breast cancer, they can um, recommend just a lumpectomy. Lumpectomy uh-huh. and chemo and things like that. If you need chemo. Not, yeah. Not everybody does. I personally would do the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I mean, would want it out of my body, but if... Yeah. And also then... But there I are mean, other options. Yeah, there totally are. If you don't need or want to go through that heavy of a surgery, you know, it's not what, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you got a boob job out of it. I'm like, it's not that. Like, they literally ripped every tissue out of my my breast. Like, yeah, it's not easy. I still have fun people. I still don't have full mobility in my right arm. And it's five and a half years later. Um, But it was literally the the only option for me. Okay. I needed chemo too, and I needed radiation, and I I need I'm on a hormonal suppressant for a long time. Wow! So I needed all those things too. Okay, good. 
good to but, know. Uh, but there's different types of breast cancer. Um, not everyone is hormone positive. Um, that doesn't affect if you're going to get a double mastectomy or lumpectomy or not. Um, it just affects the kind of chemo that you're given and um, how aggressive it is and um, your aftercare protocol. Like your everybody's treatment plan is so Every, different, Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different types if, if you want to get into that. I mean, so there's – which I think a lot of people don't understand. It's like, oh, you have breast cancer, but there's many subtypes. There's – what I had was ERPR positive, HER2 negative, which is estrogen – Estrogen progesterone positive, HER2 negative breast cancer, which is um, the most common type, which means it was completely led by hormone. And I'm a woman. It's, it's led by estrogen. Okay. You know, so it's kind of um, it's kind of the one that they know the most about. Um, it's usually less aggressive. Um, like my, you know, oncologist was like, it's like the old lady breast cancer. <laughs> um, like it just kind of, it's just the most common type and they, they understand the chemo that works for it. They understand the aftercare that like works for it. a lot of research on it and everything. Mm -hmm. Cause it's led by one thing, estrogen. And it sucks. You're a woman, you have estrogen in your body and they need to then deplete you of that. But they understand what caused, what, what makes it, what fuels what it. Fuels what fuels it. the it. fire. There's, um, HER2 negative means that the HER2 protein I was negative for. So you can be triple positive, which means you're, you're positive for estrogen, progesterone, and you also have the HER2 protein, which is a little bit um, faster growing. It can be more aggressive. Um, and Or you can be estrogen negative and HER2 positive. Um, or you can be triple negative, which means you're, n you're not estrogen, progesterone positive, or you're not HER2 positive. They're, that's the one that they're um, – they're having the most difficulty with. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of great things on the horizon, but they're not sure what's fueling the fire. Um, so that one um, is harder actually to affects younger women. Wow. Um, most younger women have a more aggressive form of cancer. Um, so, but all of these things, so it just depends on your subtype and the kind of chemo you're going to get and the kind of aftercare you're going to get. For mine, um, I needed to be put on... Um, uh, tamoxifen, which is anti-estrogen, until I had my ovaries removed. And then since I've done that, I'm on um, something called letrozole, which is an aromatase inhibitor, which depletes the estrogen in my blood. So I'm not just in menopause. I'm in super menopause. Okay. We so, like to say it. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, so just to touch on that. So you got your ovaries removed two years ago? Last year. Okay, last so year. So I had my it's, tubes out about three years ago. Okay. So you had a daughter via surrogacy. Yes, I and did. we'll talk about that. So she was two when you did this. She was two when I went into menopause, but I had my ovaries out while she was still baking in the oven. Got and it. Someone so else. and why did you do opt to do that? Um I after going through breast cancer, you know, I uh, and having the BRCA gene, I started seeing a not just a regular oncologist, but a gynae oncologist. Not just a regular OBGYN, but a gynae oncologist. And because um, I had certain protocols to follow. And they believe that um, getting your tubes out, if you're not ready to go into menopause, um, really gives you about a 60% chance less of getting ovarian cancer because a lot of findings, not all, but a lot of finding that ovarian cancer actually is starting in the tubes. So and these by are the your time, fallopian tubes. Correct. Okay. And by the time it reaches the ovary, it's, um, you know, Already, Cancer. already, yeah. So, uh, you know, a little bit more aggressive, um, little later stage. So 
um, I decided I knew I wasn't going to have any more children naturally. Um, so I felt like it was a safe thing for me to do. It still, I still had my ovaries in case I wanted to, you know, do IVF again. Um, and then my daughter was born and I was just like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't fucking go through cancer again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had very lengthy talks with my gynec, who is amazing as well. Um, and she was like, you know, if you're not going to have ready, kids, yeah. like, she's like, after you're done using them, they're kind of just there to cause trouble. Interesting. Um, so, you know, for me, it made sense because of two things. One, I'm BRCA2 positive. And two, it cut out estrogen in my body. Um, so it really helped my chances of um, my remission keep on going. Right. Um, um, and uh, since the the BRCA wa- or your type of cancer was estrogen fueled. Yeah, my my not not BRCA. You can be anything. Your cancer. My cancer was cancer, estrogen fueled. Okay. So removing my ovaries, which is just full of hormones. Yeah, and um, you know, I was on a I was on a hormone suppressant, tamoxifen, but to be a more aggressive approach. Um, you can get your ovaries removed and um, be put on an aromatase inhibitor. Um, that's just a more aggressive route that some people do even if they don't have the gene because they just want to well, be aggressive about of... it or or it's recommended for them. It's not recommended for everyone. Sure. Um, but for me, it just made sense. I was inevitably going to remove my ovaries. I felt very secure and complete with my family. And then once I had my daughter, um, I had my son and my daughter. I was 38. And I you're had almost been, five five years. I'm five and a half years now. Out. But at that at time, time, you were I was four, four years. Okay. Yeah, four years out, and I was riddled with anxiety about it's like a, a monkey. Lot of it's like a monkey on your back. You're yeah. constantly over looking over your shoulder. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, it's like why? And you're already looking over your shoulder once you've had cancer. I'm I sure. mean, the that is um, been the hardest for me actually. The mental much more than actually going through treatment is okay. the mental aspect. How much it fucks with you. That is the bear that I've had to really wrestle more so than dealing with. So my body you... bounced back very well after after treatment. Um, right, my mind not so much. Yeah, I I can imagine that mental. So I needed to at least get huge. that. I mean, I constantly still worry about breast cancer, but at least I could get. You know, I was trying to be so preventative with thinking that I was going to get a prophylactic um, mastectomy, double mastectomy, and I, I had already had cancer. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to be proactive, get my ovaries out. They diced those motherfuckers up, you know, sliced them, diced them, and they didn't find one ounce of even anything. So I was – there was nothing wrong down there. So I was completely preventative. Um, right, but I, I, handled- I agree with, like – why keep something yeah. if if you're done having your kids? I mean, granted, early menopause is a bitch. No, yeah, and I. I'm, but it's nothing compared to cancer, right? No. And having that peace of mind a little bit. Yeah, and I again, I I still have embryos left if I ever wanted to have more children, which I'm totally I'm very complete. But um, you know, those are options that like I think if women are debating, like make sure that you're really ready and that. It's something you really feel strongly about because you can't go back from there. They can't put them back in. Right. There's no other way. Um, so you know, I think, I think you just have to be really, really ready for it. And I also went through about eight months of um, hormonal shot um, uh, that it's called Zolidex, and it's a shot in your stomach 
Bef- every month before, before the I surgery? did okay. surgery um, that showed me it, 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 it essentially puts you into menopause without removing your ovaries. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I had a shot in my, in my lower abdomen every month um, that kept me in menopause. So it, it kind of got me, they like to be, I mean, some women are on that forever and um, cause they just don't get their ovaries removed and that's totally fine. Um, I, used it as more of um, getting myself ready. And if you have the opportunity to like do it before your surgery, then um, it kind of gave me like, uh, it wasn't like I woke up with no ovaries and like, oh, I'm in menopause. It slowly shut them right. off. Okay. So it wasn't and this huge transition where you no. woke up with like But I have to say those eight symptoms. No, but those eight months of before surgery. Declining the. Yeah. They, I, you know, I'm glad I did it that way because it slowly, I had the opportunity to do it that way. Not everyone does, but I had the opportunity to, to understand what it was going to feel like. Um, and I, again, I don't, it, I understand that menopause is totally different for everyone. I remember my oncologist is like, I can't tell you how you're going to feel. Like sure. some women cannot stand it. And like, if you can't, then we'll take you off these shots and we'll keep you on tamoxifen. Like some women... It's totally fine. Right. Like, I can't tell you where you're going to lie. I kind of lied in the, it's okay. I, I really kind of lied in the, oh, I, the only thing for me that I struggle with is anxiety. And when you go through menopause, your anxiety spikes. If, you, if you're oh, an anxiety. Yay. Yeah. Looking, something to look forward woo, to. Woo. Wrinkles um, and anxiety. Woo-hoo. Bring it on. Yes. So it, you know, for me, that that was the only thing that I really had to watch um, and deal with. And, you know, I saw... Um, therapist every week for five years but for me that was the only thing that spiked and night sweats and hot flashes all i didn't gain a pound i didn't have mood swings um i he i mean my oncologist was like just keep running like that's the best thing you can do is keep active just burn through it and i think that really helped yeah now i don't really have any symptoms of it yeah anymore it's been about you know 14 months Nice. Since my surgery. So, you know. Wow. It doesn't last forever. That's a good thing. It's not yeah. like you have menopause the rest of your life. You have it for like a while until your body can, you know, can figure it out. Right. Kind of replace. There's always like, a, at least there's like a finish line. Right. It's not like you're just going to be wacky no. and feeling a little funky for the rest of your life. No. There's like a little time period. Yeah. So and it's going obviously this longer for women that go through it naturally. naturally. Right. Um. So, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really big positive here, guys. Um, so let's see. So you touched a little bit. Um, so you, so you, and how long was your, so you had the double mastectomy, then the chemo and the radiation. How long was this whole process? Um, it was from November to May. Okay. Um, and I took a little break to do the, the For the IVF. physical stuff. And then the mental stuff is still an ongoing uh-huh. challenge every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of It's like, gotten better when I hit the five-year mark, I have to tell you. Um, so it, remission, it, five years. Yeah. It was in September, right? Um, November. November. That was – that's so great. Yeah. No, it's, it's – it is. That's um, got to feel but really good. you know, it doesn't mean – you know, it just – it just means my chance. It's not are like lower. you're just like – you can't really close that chapter for – No, you can never because you always have to go back to your oncologist. You always have to get the test to make sure you're yeah. still okay, and you have to be um, mindful of changes in your body. And um, you know, I used to think every single headache I got was well, I was fucked, like I had brain cancer or something. Um, that's gone away. Um, but or every cough or every cold or any 
uh, muscle that ached. Um, You're constantly second guessing. Yeah, I went through some really dark times, mm-hmm. really, really dark times yeah. um, where um, I just was getting eaten alive by anxiety. Um, but I had an amazing therapist that um, specialized in um, cancer surviving. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and it saved me, to be honest. And so what is some advice? So you talk about, you know, this, I mean, this whole journey is just um, – you know, kind of a dark cloud and it's really intense. What is some advice for friends and family if you know somebody going through cancer, mm-hmm. whether it be somebody in their th- – any any anyone. stage, anyone, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, kind yeah. of what is some advice you can give to people? Um, I think people just need to realize that you sh- – of course you need to be there through treatment, but check on them after treatment. Um, I think people are like, oh, you've done it. You've beaten it. But Here the you mental. are back in the real world. And you're like, but I have no hair and I'm burnt to a crisp and no eyebrows, I'm no eyelashes. Totally fucked up. Like, you know, I think I think as much as we want to get back to our normal life, there is no normal life for us after. We're we're forever changed. Okay. And I think it's important to like be there and understand if there's like um, mood swings or, you know, maybe there is slight depression going on, anxiety. It has nothing to do with other people. It's just they've really um, are dealing with a lot. Um, and obviously so. somebody can't really – I would – empathy. Yeah, and I, I would – I think it would be hard to – it's kind of like when somebody dies, you know, the funeral and all this stuff and people are kind of surrounding you around all these people yeah. and then – Oh, yeah. It's you always know, the week later that's the worst. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. then, like, the food, people stop checking on you. Yeah. You know, people stop yeah. coming by the and house. I, so right. it's the same thing, I bet. Yeah. And, and and most cancer survivors I meet don't want pity or people checking on them all the time. But just, like, here and there, understand. And I guess just having empathy for, for them throughout whatever happens. Uh, but most people want to, you know, get back to their normal life. But, again, it's never – Totally. How, how right. It just was be before. aware that it's just be aware that, you know, it probably has something that, to do with you. They're just probably going through some shit and right. just show up and be a friend or a family member or, you know, um, just be there. Just be for, there. Yeah. Just be there. Okay. Yeah. And then you talked, um, you mentioned Bright Pink. Uh-huh. So Bright Pink is, can you tell yeah, us a little bit about that? Sure. So it's an, it's a charity that, um, I'm involved with my family it, as well. Is it here in it's Chicago? In, it's in yeah, it's based in Chicago, but it's nationwide or okay. worldwide. Oh, okay. Um and um it helps women assess their risk, uh assess their risk.org and figure out um assess their risk.org. Yeah, okay. And you can find everything at Bright Pink. Um and, you, they, and we'll also have these links on um my website awesome. too and I'll, Thank you. I'll let you guys yeah, know. Yeah, and it just helps women um figure out and men and men helps people figure out um their genetic familiar history and risk um, of breast and ovarian cancer, um, as well as, you know, outreach and help for women that um, have been diagnosed or men that have been diagnosed. Um, just as a really good... Um, it's like support? Gives you, Is it like a support group? No, or? it just gives you the right tools to head you in the right direction. Okay, of, good. Of really figuring gives out... Gives you like a roadmap to this yeah, exactly. fucked up thing. Exactly. Which um, nobody knows what's happening. Right, and just how to handle get, it. you can get, you know, monthly reminders about, um, you know, um, have 
self breast checks every month. Like they can, you know, you can sign up and get texts and you can remember to do that and gives you questions to ask your doctor. Um, oh, great. To, you know, bring up, you know, what. How to how to open up the conversation exactly? How to lead the conversation, open it up, be your own advocate exactly. So, because if you a lot of times if you don't know about it, you don't know to ask exactly, exactly. Um, And a lot of and I think a huge thing is most people think cancer is like when you got diagnosed as one. You know, we're you know best friends for a long time. I I mean I was like. Yeah. blindsided like I, for me <laughs> sure i mean it was, so was i <laughs> yeah but it was for me yeah you had a mom so you had some education right granted i worked in the healthcare right. fields right. and um i mean yeah i had some education and knew a little bit here but it was i was really surprised yeah. that you you could get cancer that young yeah. and i think that's a yeah, huge yeah. thing that people have a misconception about absolutely i, I just mean given birth six months prior and this isn't just for your 30s this is for people tw- i mean it unfortunately it can happen yeah, really anytime it, absolutely i know women that it's happened in their 20s yeah um yeah no it, it yes it was very shocking and you know it's you always think like oh it can happen to someone else but sometimes it happens to you and that's what every and that's tragedy, when, unfortunately, yeah, is. And you just have to fucking deal with it because mm-hmm. I just always remember being like, I can't wake up in another body. Like, this right. is my nightmare. Like, I have to walk through this fire and deal with it because this is – This mean, is it. I mean, I mean this is me. Like, I can't, I can't right. switch and go find someone else's body to live in. Um, so, so you got to take care of it. It's super important. Yeah. And sometimes even when you do. Um, it shit can happen. So yeah, anyway, Bright Pink will give you a lot of things that you can talk to your doctor about. And um, yeah, it's just a great. Okay, um, great. Um, so that's that's great. I will put the website up on my website or a link that you can get cool. to that. Um, and then also you had had like a, a buddy. You're mm-hmm. like a buddy. So that's. Uh, a, uh, yes. A uh, pink pal. See, I think that's. I think it would be. Yeah, it was amazing. If you're going through it or things like that, it would be nice to talk to somebody that's also gone through something similar, correct? Yeah, it was huge for me. Um, Yes, Anne. Hey, Anne. Um, She, yeah, it was the first time, like, I had talked to someone who understood what you were talking about. And and we we just connected because she was going to want to have her second child. And to me, honestly, that was, like, being a mom is like everything to me and for them to tell me that it may not happen again or uh, was the worst possible thing you can say to me um so she just really helped me in in that way and she actually went on to have another baby um oh that's uh, natural like not herself yeah Mm -hmm. and um anyway so yeah that was and she's still in remission too yeah yeah, that's awesome a couple years ahead of me Good for her. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's nice that you kind of get like that buddy system and um, yeah, be teamed up with somebody. Yeah. Because she lives down south, right? She, yeah. So she's not even here. So um, and what was I going to touch on? Um, I mean, there's so much. There's like so much. I it's know. like once you open Pandora's box, it's like, <laughs> what else do you want me to tell you with? But I mean, there's, you know, I it, it is dark and gloomy. But you know, but I it, think it's, it's really important so to talk many. about. It, it is, and 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 people, younger people, think they're invincible, invincible and they're sure. not, and we're not. No one is, and I think the one thing, you know, there is 
to me, there is really no <laughs> silver lining to cancer. Like, I think I could have been taught these lessons, like, throughout life. Right. Sure. You're but, like, I um, could have uh, learned this. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, like, 65, I would have gotten it. But I, you know, at 33, I, I, I had an awakening and I realized um, that there is, like, no safety in life. And <laughs> bad shit can happen at any time. Um, we're here for a blink of an eye. Um, you got to It's given it. me, it's just given me so much perspective. Mm-hmm. Like people, like, of course I still sweat the small stuff here and there, but you know, not nearly as like I used to. And I just try and like enjoy life and my friends and my family and be happy with where I am at the present moment um, and not care so much about this and that and it's really given me perspective of like, I always feel like I get along with people like in their 60s and 70s. I really do. Right. Like, you're oh, like, oh, oh you've had a heart yeah, attack? Oh, like, oh let me, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you're like, oh, I had a near death yeah, experience. Yeah, like I've too. talked to women in their 50s all the time and they're like, oh, well, when you get to menopause, I'm like, honey, I've already been you're there. You're like, already been there, honey. <laughs> I think that that's given me, uh, I mean, and also, yeah, and also losing my mom at 30 was devastating and it it still is devastating, but it's given me. You know, it's made all of these things have really made me depend upon myself, mm-hmm. and 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 obviously my family and friends are amazing. My husband is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. But um, you really nailed it in that I, department. I really did. A God really threw me a bone. I didn't think that he was going to turn out so great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Donovan, but he really. <laughs> I knew. I you did know. I did know. Because living in California, we were, oh, I was like, this no, guy. No, my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, just believe me. Yeah, and he is really oh, just he's the best. He is I know. I really absolutely amazing. I really, I really got a good one there. Love to have him on the show and talk about his perspective. Yeah. Because I think I mean that's Yeah, that's no, a very I, interesting yes. perspective if you have a significant other, yeah. um, a partner going through something yeah, traumatic know. like this. Um one oh, this was what I was going to ask you. So uh-huh. the, it's really big right now. These ancestry gene tests uh-huh. and twenty three and Me uh-huh. is that something? Yeah, you recommend people doing? Yeah, why not? I mean, if you want to know your so do you, ancestry well, that, is different than your like you know you can say you're you know three percent Italian right or whatever. That's but I think cool. they do That's offer different. like a genetic. Yeah, just twenty three and Me. Sure. Do so it. will that tell you if you have the- um as long as it's added as long as. I I I don't know if the BRCA gene is on the twenty three and Me. If not, it should be add add it on there for twenty three like and Me. Add it on. Oh, I, if it's unless it's not. I mean, unless it already is. Um, sometimes it, it can you can it can be an add on. If not, then you should get that test separately. Yeah, because it's kind of I'm just trying to think of ways yeah, that people no. can kind of you know be be more made of, be aware and things like that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think if I think everyone should if they want to. They, I mean, there's no harm in, you sh- in knowing, for sure. I think... And knowing think about I, all of your genetic I think there's too. harm in not knowing. Right, sure. Um, that's where I come from. I think I think once you have the knowledge, it takes the fear and the worry out of it. Or you could be walking around worrying and thinking. But once you know, then you can do something about it. Very, I mean, every gene is... Every cancer is different. Every, you know, you can live without... Your breasts. You can live without your mm-hmm. ovaries. Um, obviously, you you can work around this gene, and others you cannot. 
Um, so it's not in. It's not so. This isn't a. It's not a death sentence. It's about Doesn't being proactive be. and getting ahead of it and getting right. in front and of it. And even with other things like other cancers or whatever, at least if you know that you have a predisposition for them, you can be on the lookout for it and then maybe catch it at a more treatable stage. Right. Um. Super smart. Yeah. It, there. There is. You like again. We we need to evolve with science. And if this is at your fingertips, go for it. Yeah, because being uneducated about your own health is not okay. It's kind of silly at it this is, point. It when you really have is. all this stuff here, yeah. Save up your I don't even I think it's like maybe a hundred bucks, hundred and fifty yeah, bucks. Save really up your that. money and, and do it. Yeah. I think it's And I think encouraging like friends and family to do it too. People in your family, I think the more information they have about other pe- you know, mm-hmm. people in your family, I think it's a better result. But Yeah, I think why not? I think it's I'll we're, get some we're more evolving. information on that for you guys and yeah. put it up. Perfect. Um Bright Pink has all the information. Too, oh, right? awesome. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Good to know. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. This was so – I mean, I could, we could talk about this all day. I know. Um, <laughs> well, we have other things we can talk about. Uh, I'll, and, I'll come back on the show if you'll have me. Oh, of course. And I really commend you on just – I mean, the knowledge that you have and, like, taking this horrific experience and, like, being able to educate people – and you really know your stuff, and I think that's that's well, really commendable. I, I'm sure it's not the hottest topic you want to be learning about, but no. it's really important to educate yourself. And I think if you have a story to tell, you should tell it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I also want to take the stigma away from cancer, and, you know, I, I would never be ashamed of it, and I wouldn't want like my kids to be ashamed of the fact that their mom had it or anything. So I'm very outspoken about it. And I also don't want it to happen to anyone else. But again, if you have a story to tell, tell it. That's yeah. what, what, because you never know who you could help. Um, so yeah. that's why I, that's why I talk about it. And you never know what people are going through too. So mm-hmm. it's good to. I talk. I can talk about it a lot more freely now than I used to be able to. Just because I was so like in it, like you're in the st- in the in the eye of the storm, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, very educational. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's it's not the best trip down memory lane, but I really appreciate. And it. And I appreciate you wanting to talk about it. Yeah, Thank I think you. it's important. I mean, every you never know what people are going through, and yeah. um, like I said, education is power, and yeah. you just gotta and realize other people are other people out there. You're not alone. Right. This is. You know, um, something we all need to talk about, yeah. be open about. Yeah. Well, thank you You're so much. Welcome, um, for more information on this episode, you can um, go to my website, uh, necessaryrealnesswithkatie.com. And you can check me out on all of um, social media sites. And also download information is on there as well. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>